What's up, Talking Points crew? If you're in the Los Angeles area, I just wanted to let you guys know that there's a dope event going down on Saturday, May 9th. It's called Block Party LA, and it features some of the hottest up-and-coming local acts, as well as everybody's favorite talent. We got Curtis King, Name Brand, Preston Harris, and our Talking Points alumni, Terrace Martin, all hitting the stage. And don't forget the headliner, Talib Kweli. The show's on May 9th, and tickets are only $25 at blockpartyla.net. The price is only going to go up from here, so make sure you cop a pair now at blockpartyla.net, and I'll see you there. Check, check. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Points Podcast, presented by The Smoking Section. I'm your host, Raj Anand, and today we have... Uh, this is our first actual like non-artist guest today. He, I'm proud. I can to, rap for you right now if that would help. He can rap. Okay, maybe mm-hmm. I spoke too soon. Uh, but he's definitely uh, a peer of mine, and I really, really respect his work and what he does. And I mean, one of his, he has a podcast of his own that uh, that was definitely an, an inspiration. Kind of what what went on to start Talking Points. And uh, I met him a couple years ago in A3C, and uh, this is my first time seeing him since. We got connected through uh, the Terrace Martin episode, actually. And, uh, well, without bullshitting anymore, we have uh, Nathan from DJ Booth. What's good? What's good? Y'all can't see this, but I just want to say again that Raj's setup is so super official right now. (laughs) There's like a mixing board and really like uh, LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out type mics. And uh, no mic stands today because I switched cars and I forgot the stands in the other car. You didn't so, have to tell them that, you know. They that's okay. They can't see you. That's okay. Hopefully they can't hear the difference. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we just started. We just started talking before before we even hit record about. Uh, we started just talking about to pimp a butterfly, and um, T-Pab. Can we talk about how I got a lot to say? Can we talk about how T-Pab is like a horrible. I kind of hate how things have gotten shortened. Just to the, the acronyms? And it's not a good... It's hard. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. Even GKMC didn't sound good to me for the first like year and a half. But GKMC at least sounds cooler. Those, that that yeah. GKMC, I guess I think like GMC trucks. It sounds like kind of hard. <laughs> it sounds kind of but like TPAB sounds the key, like... The key is, is you can't have it spell something out. You can't have that vowel. That vowel exactly. kills it. Is that like Forest Hills Drive, the FHD... Okay, that's all right. Yeah. But people are trying to like shorten down. If you're reading this, it's too late. Like that was just too many oh, letters. Oh no, that I, I can't even like mentally. I have to pause and be like, and think I about it. Exactly. F, like I can't. <laughs> I feel like we're on a weird album title period right now. Mister Wonderful, I like because it's simple, it's clean. Like I get it, Mister yeah. Wonderful. But I know it's all sorts of amazing metaphorical value to, to pimp a butterfly. Right. And if you're reading this, it's too late. Is that even, I can't even remember if that's the actual name of the it is. album. Okay. It is. I always want to be like, by the time you're reading this, da 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 um, But like... It's a little more succinct than that. Exactly. exactly. Not by much. Not exactly. by much, but a little like bit. A, that's a weird album title too. We're in a weird album title. The best meme phase. I saw for that one was when the empty roll of toilet paper <laughs> that says if you're reading this, it's too late. Yeah, I think it's hard to... It's just hard to... This doesn't sound like a great album. I mean, like it's hard. It, to, it didn't sound like a great album yeah. when you listen to it, too. <laughs> Five years from now, it's hard to be like, "Oh, you know what was Drake's best album?" If you're reading this, it's too late. Like, it doesn't <laughs> just doesn't like you nothing know, was the same. That sounds like 
That sounds impactful. Like a, like a yeah. big thing. It sounds, it sounds like an event. Exactly. It sounds yeah. like an event. Like that yeah. sounded like some, you know, like toilet paper stuff. Exactly. And <laughs> I don't really mean it that harshly because I kind of dig some parts of that mix album tape. But uh, yeah. like in general, it's just his worst. We can all agree it's Drake's worst album. Oh, title. by far. So far, Gone's pretty. He's a pretty good album titler, actually. They all were. I think they all were. Thank yeah. Me Later, maybe. What was the next one? Take Care. Exactly. Take care. care definitely was on the lower end of that. Little, yeah, I'd say that that was the previous loser. But then again, yeah. at least it's like it's super soft. But at least right. it's um, at least I understand what he's going for. You know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. But like, yeah. If you're, I don't even fucking know. Views from the six sounds all right. Views from the six sounds good. It should just be six guys. That's better though. It could be. Yeah, that's a whole now. That's what happens when you get bloggers in a room i started thinking i, I started thinking out loud in articles <laughs> and i'm thinking who is the best album titler of all time like that's, just off a, let's just let's just have it needs to be one one king forget about forget about what the music sounds like i'm the just titles. talking about like titles because, all right you know i'm trying to think of like i'm going through all the big ones Jay-Z, mob deep mob deep mob deep yeah what was it murder business oh no sorry music murder music mm-hmm. uh hell on earth and the okay. infamous between those three I mean, they're great albums too. But. Those are all three very solid fucking titles. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the sound I've always gravitated to is that kind of gutter, uh, darker sound, and those those that those titles definitely reflect that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like now I think about like the Little Wayne stuff, all the sequel stuff's kind of bullshit. Yeah, you know, like you, you name an album one time and you start tacking on letters. Like, the best thing is though is Young Thug doing the Carter Six. <laughs> I have no problem with that. That's hilarious. It's hilarious to me that like the the hip hop purists come out and they're like Young Thug can't do it. I'm like this is Little Wayne, man. Like this isn't yeah. you know, like this isn't Charles Hamilton yeah. saying his album was produced by Dilla or whatever. Right. Like right. you're really that mad that Young Thug's gonna ruin the like pristine the pristine legacy of the Carter <laughs> <hip-hop>. series. <laughs> Legacy of the Carter series, and I fuck with the Carter series, but come on, man, like yeah. it's not, you know, it's not that serious. Yeah, you know, Thugger can can do his thing. Jay's all right. Kanye, Kanye's good. Kanye's See, good too. He didn't he didn't just do like uh, College Dropout two, and he like it, yeah. titles progressed. Jesus is kind of crazy, but it's pretty it's pretty good. I, yeah, Kanye's a good album. Tyler. Kanye's a good album titler too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely fuck with Kanye. I want to say the game also, but I kind of fell off of Game's wagon. After like album four, I'm having trouble even remembering some of his documentary. Last... Oh yeah, documentary is easy one. But what was like the most doctor's advocate? One? Then we have LAX. Yeah, Jesus Peace. That was the name of the album, or was that a song? I think that was an album. Okay. I think it's probably not a good title. Yeah, if you can't remember. Uh, it's just a general rule. What else? I think he's. I think he has a, the Red Album. The Red Album is another one. That's pretty bad too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never mind. Games out. <laughs> game, game gets thrown you gotta out. Talk of that it through sometimes. Sometimes you gotta talk it out. You know? Yeah. Huh. I would say Jay. I would love for someone random to just be great. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I was, I was just reading about Charles Hamilton before we came on mic, and like all his like '97 mixtapes, mix they're all pretty interestingly Sonic the Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Title. Like I don't even. I'm not even that giant of a fan i'm supposed to I'm supposed to interview him tomorrow morning oh really yeah it's a super weird situation see this is good because you and i can sit down and talk for <laughs> i don't know how long it's gonna last seven hours but you know i don't know if, if people really know but a lot of times you get slotted in you have like 15 minutes in yeah. between other 
and it's just as a interviewer, it's a really hard. I hate those are the worst ones. Those are the worst ones because I feel like I mean, depending on where you're slotted, they're either tired of talking, or they're late. Yeah. Or definitely a combination of the two usually. Exactly. I remember one time I was interviewing Pusha T like that, and Universal was setting it up, and uh, it was. Yeah. It was one of those things where the conference call quality was so bad I could barely hear him. Yeah. And obviously that stifles the, the, the flow of the conversation. And then it's like by that time you're just asking the basic questions of, oh, yeah, oh, so who do you have on your album? What should we expect? And yeah. the usual bullshit that they answer 20 times yeah, exactly. before they talk to you. And it's like, all right, well, that was a useless interview. Yeah. It's a bad – like I, I try to avoid them. Some people are just like Charles Hamilton. I'm like interested enough to yeah, yeah. do something. Yeah. But it's a weird situation too because I want to talk about like his mental health problems. And that's not something you can just like just ask jump you. in. Like, you hey, have- we've never met before. I'm one of like seven people who will talk yeah. to you in the next two hours. Let's talk about your core mental health issues. <laughs> I have some mental health issues. Let's connect as humans. That's something that in the course of a podcast you can get exactly. to by like minute 35. Exactly. You know as I mean? you build a rapport with but them. But it's hard. As, yeah. It's hard to do just right off the bat. You know? Yeah, as, as a whole, I just try to avoid those interviews. Exactly. Obviously, you lose out on talking to some of the other the bigger name artists, but it just comes with the territory. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll only do some if I'm really, truly interested. Hamilton is somebody who really interests me, though. I didn't, yeah. It's crazy. I, I wrote about this. It was kind of talking about second chances in hip-hop and how once somebody's washed, it's, it's hard to come back from that. Just City to be, Boy probably the only one, right? That's what I was. I mean, I was saying even like a guy like Lupe Fiasco, right? I was. You talked to me ten years ago. I was the biggest Lupe Lupe Fiasco stan. Between, I mean, especially just his first two albums, I swore by those. The first concert I ever been to, he was opening for Kanye for Glow in the Dark, and in my opinion, he outdid Kanye. He did a backflip on stage. That was the first time I saw that. That's kind of ill, actually. You know, and I mean, Kanye had the whole set production and. All that and Lupe just hadn't had a bare stage, but I, he still did his thing. And I mean, like I said, I was swearing by him at the time. I thought he could do no wrong. And then, well, lasers happened. And even now, it's like, like I hear Tetsuo and Youth is like an amazing album, but I just can't. I don't have the mental fortitude to overcome everything that's happened in these last like five years yeah. to really sit down and give it the the listen that it that it deserves. And it's just all I all I see is tainted Lupe. I don't I can't I can't go back to that, you know. It's like it's like walking in and your parents having sex by accident, and then exactly. that's just every time you, you just can't get that image exactly. out of your head. That it's just scarred. Even it's just, just scarred. you know, ten years later, 10, 20 years later, you're still in therapy talking about it. <laughs> no, Dad, no. <laughs> yeah, no. It's 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 true. I was thinking about that too, with. Uh, this ludicrous album that just came out, Ludiversal, which, yeah, which I haven't even listened to yet. Um, yeah, but I was thinking about it, and it was crazy to me how little people cared. Yeah, like, yeah. Full disclosure is behind, behind the scenes, you know. So on staff, we're talking about someone's got to write about this ludicrous album. Like it's a ludic- like yeah. ludicrous is a, and no one wanted to. Right. And everyone's just like, nah, I don't find. Yeah. Kind of. And not in a bad way, but I was like, does anyone really... Because like a rule we have is if you don't care about it, don't do it. Right. Like, be honest with me. Don't just pretend to care about this topic. Like, I want the person who cares about this. Yeah, yeah. And no one really cares. And it's bizarre to me when you think about it because Ludacris was huge. Yeah. He was like the dude. Stand up, get and back. Now, yeah. Like, yeah. what's your fantasy? I memorized every And then his feature, his Now features. I'm going to start rapping, exactly. Yeah. Back seat windows up. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't know that part, right? Yeah. And like, 
his features were crazy. Like, yeah, was like the biggest song of the decade, basically. Oh, and now, a, like, this yeah. album could be amazing. It could be amazing, and I still wouldn't really give a shit care that yeah. much because I'm trying to think of why. I feel like it's because he's kind of treated hip hop like a his side chick for like <laughs> five years, you know? Yeah. Where like he's obviously taking a backseat to Fast and Furious. Mostly cares about, and that's fine. Like, get yeah. your money, dude. But you can't just like dabble in just like hey here's a a, a freestyle over the meek mill beat every six months and expect me to care you got to be like part of it you know and how easy he just did the roast of justin bieber exactly (laughs) (laughs) which yeah i haven't i haven't seen either so i won't comment on that other than to say i saw that he was saying that they're like uh paul walker jokes yeah they got a cut yeah in which case like but there's nothing too far in a roast exactly like gilbert Godfrey was making 9-11 jokes like three days after 9-11 <laughs> if you know your roast history yeah. so the point of roast is supposed to be that's the one time where there is no, no, no off limits there is no too far yeah. um but regardless you had to get back to like luda it just shows me or lupe or you know i think more examples like once you step out or sometimes you don't even step out you just kind of get pushed out you yeah know? but like yeah. once it's out it's really hard to come, to come back. back like it's so easy for people just and the, the the difference is so small. You can still make really good music. Exactly. You can still be cool. People just get tired of you. Whatever it is, yeah. it's almost like a Charles Hamilton situation or a D'Angelo situation, where the only way you're going to come back is if like ten years pass or you're just really or out. You, of yeah, it. Exactly. You're completely gone. Don't half ass going away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're not. We don't feel like. I don't want to feel like I'm Ludacris's side chick who we can like. Yeah. You know, just like throw just call me, call me when he wants. Too, yeah. And now I'll be like, yo, buy the album. Oh, yeah, I'll totally go buy this album because you've been like, you know, feeding me like bullshit, bullshit. for the last five years. Exactly. Like mixtape freestyle, yeah, yeah. freestyle series. Like this is 2011. You got know, like, <laughs> to you got to care about me. Yeah. Luda, you know what I mean? But it's crazy because because when when Charles Hamilton came back with the with the song New York Raining and then uh, and then he did that interview on Hot 97, I was like, I was curious. Yeah. Like, it really got my interest, and that has not happened to me in a long, long time where somebody I used to really fuck with who fucked up very badly, and at that point, I, I figured I would have just moved on and just forgotten about it, but when he was talking, I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm really interested to see what he what he has to say and uh, what his music is going to sound like. You know, and it, it, was, it, was a, it was a surprise to me. Yeah. And I mean, it was one of those things where I mean, I, I was like, I really just like it was a good song. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest song, but it was good enough to where okay, I see where he, where where the direction he's going, and I want to hear more. It sounds like he's changed. It sounds like he's learned from from what bullshit happened the first time. Yeah, you know, and to his to his credit, like the he was the first internet rapper who really blew up. Yeah, like, pretty much. He was yeah. in completely uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely part of that first wave. He, yeah, he was the yeah. first in in that first wave, and I mean, everything, all marketing plans, and the way they would have had set, had it set up for him was pre-internet. Yeah, and you're at that point. He's everything's like, still pre. Everything is still pre-internet. <laughs> it's still haven't figured that shit out. Yeah. yeah, but it's like it's like everything was just so ahead of his time, and nobody the machine wasn't ready. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was an Interscope artist. Like he should have had the, the whole backing behind him, and he just some combination of his mental health plus I'm sure the label has some blame, yeah, to take. And it's like, I mean, he was he was the he was he was the uh, the guinea pig, 
Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, Little B. How long after Charles Hamilton was Little B? I don't know. A couple year gap, right? When yeah. like, Hamilton really blew up and then yeah, Little that B was, started really yeah, coming yeah. Because I was trying to think of I'm talking earlier because he was the pack. He was the, on the pack before how, that. How, yeah, how Little B was really the the godfather of like internet. The internet actually, like internet of, coonery, for like sure. yeah, not just not just just music, but just the internet. Like as I've gotten, I've gotten older and wiser and more mature. <laughs> I've grown to appreciate the bass god. That's funny. In that, um, you know, like yeah, fuck Kevin Durant's a classic. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Uh, but that's a good example. Put it next like, to Ilmatic. I don't, I don't. I literally don't have a single mixtape or whatever. He's he's. Ever, I think I've listened to a little bit of project from start to finish. But the fact that like, he's gotten himself on ESPN, right. you know what I mean? Like Sports Center, yeah. is he is what you can do with the internet. He's truly by yeah. himself, yeah. no label, no whatever. And he kind of, he figured out that viral slash troll slash yeah, exactly. meme slash social network fan building. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing, he figured that out before... He just Anybody. started. He just started following talking points, which is hilarious. We have like thirty-five oh, really? followers. Shout out to the base god. I don't yeah. think he follows me. He follows like two hundred thousand people. Oh, he follows more than that. He follows uh, over a million people. He followed two hundred thousand people five years ago. Okay, <laughs> I, he has more. He's got like a million followers and like one point seven million people he's following. That's hilarious. At that point, Twitter is just useless for him. He can't tell anything. You know, but he still gets on ESPN. Like, Imagine, that like, Imagine that timeline. Imagine that timeline. I don't want to give that man his do not. Like, Kevin Durant is forced to answer questions about Little B. About little B. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing that he did that. That this little kid from the Bay. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't even I don't even know how old he is. He's God one, knows. He's one of those dudes that could be 35 or 17. God right? knows. Like, either way. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> However old he is, he's still kind of small, so I call him like a little dude. Yeah. That I'm some hulking giant, but like he's still Kevin Durant is talk answering questions about national about him on national TV. Like, yeah, Ellen is like you know, like, yeah. he made it. Like that dude's. I kind of like want to hire him to do our marketing or something. Cause Not was, a bad idea. Yeah, I don't really want to hear him do music, but like he's yeah. amazing. And <laughs> so it just made me think of Charles Hamilton. Like Hamilton was maybe first, and I've I've heard it said, and I've never been able to disagree with this, that Little Brother was the first group to kind of blow up on the internet. I've heard Ninth Wonder say that, but like, kind of the the succession, right? But um, yeah, Hamilton was definitely the first one to like really make his give his music like a prolonged impact, yeah. you know, via the internet. And I don't know, maybe I'll ask him about that tomorrow. I don't know what I'm gonna ask him really. We'll see. <laughs> you should I, open with the mental health question. I might have I might have to though, right? I think I might have to say this is just me prepping for another. <laughs> this is a meta podcast now. I'm gonna use this interview to prep for an interview. Okay, interview. you pretend to be Charles Hamilton, <laughs> uh, but I might be like, listen, I might. I'm thinking about just confronting it head on about being like, there's no there's no dancing around like, this. Yeah. I, I recognize that this is a bizarre question. For a stranger to be asking another stranger, essentially, like I've never yeah. met you. We're right. talking on a, you know, a publicist to set this up. Right. But I also just don't know how else to ask it. Like, how's your mental health? Let's talk about your mental health for a minute. You know, that's what people really want to know. Let's talk about. His answer it. is fuck you. Maybe phone hangs hangs Maybe. up. Click. Maybe I don't know if I've ever really been hung up on before. Anyone's I have that not. that mad at me. One of one of our old colleagues was interviewing Slaughterhouse at South by and. 
I think Joe Budden walked out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's what a, hasn't Joe Budden yeah, walked out of? That's you know a very I mean? Joe Budden thing to do. Exactly. He sat through the entire interview. You'd be <laughs> winner. Exactly. Now he has his own podcast. Yeah, exactly. He's probably going off to start his own podcast. You know? Yeah. He was plotting. Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Definitely had rappers get mad at me. But I don't think I was like walked out of a. I've had rappers get mad at me too. Interview. Really? Who's gotten mad at you? Cron Don. Huh. Yeah. Mine's even more. Maybe equally random, but I want to hear, why was Cron Don mad at you? He released an album, uh, twenty December 2013, and I was I was close to him and the whole Strong Arm Steady group in like 2010 when they were first when when they were finally releasing their album mm-hmm. through Talib and all that, and it was a good album. It was a very good album. It was one of my favorite projects of that year, and it was the first year that I was really doing this whole blogging thing, and they were the first group, the first people that I ever interviewed. And there was a lot of uh, a lot of cherries popping yeah. that time for me, <laughs> and uh, and so we were cool for a while. And while the while the album rollout was happening and stuff, and then after after all that kind of died down, I mean, you fade away. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, I mean, they were they treated me well. We went to some shows. They took me backstage, and I mean, all all that. And then uh, kind of fell out of touch. And then he was releasing an album, and I, the way we do album releases is the small ones get a hundred words. And then the big ones get the full-on review. And so this was a small release, and the 100 words kind of just goes out at random. And so I got picked to do that one. And, well, I mean, I basically wrote down exactly what came to my head when I listened to it, which was, well, in a nutshell, this is why he's a ghostwriter and not a rapper, right? And so I wrote that. I wrote that. And, well, he took issue with it. Yeah. And uh, he called me and said some not nice things to me threatened to to beat me up and all of that mama i made it exactly it was on my birth you know it was on my birthday too i remember i was me and my girl were in san diego and I, we were going to to eat or some shit and she was inside <laughs> getting a table and i was fielding calls from grandon i just love that <laughs> yeah uh, and every time i mean i'm sure it wasn't that fun at the time but i love the picture of you being out like outside applebee's literally like, literally waiting while getting yelled at by a literally rapper. that's what was happening and every time i would try to say my side of it he would hang up on me <laughs> And he'd call back? And then he called back like a minute later and said, you a bitch. And I was like, all right, well. He was like, you just get it all out, man. Yeah, just go, like, just go, just, exactly, just, just handle exactly. it. I haven't start. seen him. I haven't seen him since. But yeah. it's a shame because he he's a nice guy, but I'm sure. Yeah. I understand why he was upset. Sure, yeah. But hopefully he understands why you had to I mean, write what you I I hope he, I mean, I tried to explain to. it, but he didn't really listen, so. Exactly, exactly. It's okay. No, it's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird dance. I've talked about this before, too, is like. It's it's a it's a bizarre situation. I try to watch uh, Almost Famous pretty mm-hmm. regularly. I like that movie actually kind of like to remind myself, you know, <laughs> because it's a bizarre situation. I think I think the the certain people do it. Certain, I'm just gonna start like firing shots. Like certain writers and I don't call them writers anymore at this point, but certain media people, yeah, definitely get influenced by right. the connections and the, all that right. stuff. But on the whole, I think that is greatly exaggerated because I know people on Twitter comment saying, oh you're just what are you best in friend? his pocket how yeah, about yeah. his pocket this dude yeah, pay yeah, you yeah. like it's not like that man it's, it's not really it's not. not like that uh, like our number one obligations to my job you know what I mean Damn. but it is true that these and it's not even necessarily that conscious it's just this weird dance that happens where yeah these rappers want you to like them and so you write positively exactly about them yeah. so everybody's kind of on their best behavior best behavior yeah. or cool with each other or 
kind of act. It's not that. That's why I watch Almost Famous. That movie does a good job, I think, of like <laughs> yeah. explaining. It's like it's real. It's not completely fake, but it's not completely honest right. either. You right. know, and like I'm recycling material from my podcast now, but just because it's on my head. Like last week, I came with the the couch move test, uh-huh. which is like so many rappers. You do this far enough, you just get to know people. You right. see them year after year. Yeah, yeah. You're I, I'm apparently like a not terrible human being and other people are cool <laughs> so you get cool with them yeah and you can start to kind of like even trick yourself in some ways being like we're friends right but then you got to kind of step back and ask yourself like do i know this person's mom exactly if i had to move a couch and i called them would i even call them first of all right and if i did like, how weird would that be right because that's that's a person who's your friend Exactly. Not your yeah, like. That's a good not, point. Not your rap world friend, which means yeah. like you see them backstage or at the studio or whatever, and you have some drinks, and you kick it and laugh and whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, but they're not your friend. Right. A friend would move a couch for you. There are a few <laughs> artists maybe that are in that yeah, level for me, but very few. Very few. Very. And few. There are a lot of people I'm cool with, and just the key is like never, never get it twisted. To use a cliche phrase like those people are not your friends. Exactly. You know I mean, like, and that's it what feels I was, good to yeah. pretend like they're your friends, but yeah. don't delude yourself. This they is the move big homie, you know. Exactly. Not this is the homie yeah. so uh, Yeah, you know, he's not. Like, all right, all right. And I, I used to do that a lot, especially early on. I was like, oh yeah, we hung out, homie this, homie that. And now I'm like, eh, nah. There's, there's a line. Exactly. exactly. You know, and I mean, that's what I, I was, I was trying to explain it to Crondon. He was like, you know, we treated you so well. Like, uh, we let you backstage in shows. You kicked it with us. We were so nice to you. And I was like, yeah, but it's been three years since that all of that happened and you haven't hit me up one time. Yeah, exactly. We're not we're not friends. Exactly, yeah. Right? I tried to explain that to him, but I got Yeah, the only time that dude hits you up is when he's trying to promote something. Yeah. You hear from a year and a half, yo homie, what's up? And that's I'm like, Hey man, what's up? Like yeah. we're both cool, that's fine, but like don't pretend like we're friends all Exactly. The exactly. Or like, oh you're not gonna write about this or post this? No. no. Oh. oh man, come on. It's like we're not actually yeah. like that. It's I mean? always in the I, I I ever since that whole thing happened, I've consciously tried in some cases either just not to make a relationship with them altogether, or if I do, I flat out tell them that I'm not I'm not the guy who I'm I'm I don't go actively trying to post their stuff. Yeah. And I mean I'll pass it on to the team and I'll say, Hey, this is a cool cat, he has good music, you guys check it out. If you wanna write it up, write it up. But I personally, it's it's like, if I have a personal relationship with the artist, I will not review their album. Mm-hmm. It's just a, become a policy of mine. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'll yeah, contribute. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll talk in our in our group threads, and I'll contribute to to the thought process behind it. But as far as actually penning the review, it's never going to be me. Yeah, just for that reason, because I mean, at the end of the day, there is an inherent conflict of interest, especially if they are cool with you. Then you you like you said, you want it to be better. Yeah, you exactly. want it to be better than what it is. Yeah. You know, and obviously they want you to think so also. And so just to avoid that whole thing, I just stepped away from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a bizarre. It can, get a, it can get fucking weird. Yeah, it really it can. can. It really, really can. It's like everyone's actual people. Yeah. Actual human beings. You know what I mean? Believe it or not. Like get pissed off when so, you know, okay, sure. Yeah. If, if someone was raving like your stuff sucks now, you fell off. I'd yeah. probably be mad too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you see it like, um, you know, I think you see someone like Elliot Wilson now is like shots, shots fired. But I don't really mean it this way, but just or there are definitely people you see who just it's like 
probably the, those relationships are everything to them now. Right. You know what I mean? You can you can see that. You can yeah. see how hard it is. And I will say too though, like go back to interviewing. It's hard in your in your head. You're like, oh, I can ask them these tough questions. But when you're actually face to face with someone or voice to voice, yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard. It is to you know like to really dig deep and really, make them uncomfortable with exactly, the question. Yeah, like I'm gonna really ask. Yeah, Rick Ross's date rape question or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's tough. easy to bow to, out, to blow know? to just blow past that question. It yeah, really like is. I remember. I, really, I fucked really hard with the One Ep podcast and, and Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds had Kanye in right when he was on his steamroller yeah, Jesus yeah. period. Oh, jeez. And they like, what I liked about that podcast is they did like a before and after. Mm-hmm. They just kept the tape kind of rolling. Yeah. And before they were like trying to like hype themselves up. We're going to ask, we're going to be the ones who like don't let him <laughs> just like run all over us. Yeah, yeah. And then they totally got run all over. <laughs> and afterwards they're like, God damn it, man, that was hard. Like yeah. he just, he gets going and it's so hard to like, yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like Charlemagne was the only person who kind of got him to like not just answer things automatically. He, he's a little bit different now, but kind of was in this period where yeah, you get going and then you just he just yeah he was a fucking like train. You just could not stop him. Like, <laughs> a bulldozer. Yeah, Sway had to, obviously that was like a Sway. Thing. Sway bore the brunt of I had that. To, like literally like, yell at him <laughs> to like get him. And Charlamagne alone was like, yo, yo, like actually answer this question though. Yeah. Like, actually, you know? And so I Charlemagne is a good interviewer when he wants to be. Yeah, exactly. Like I kinda you know, again, everybody's complicated. Yeah. No, Charlemagne, I, I, I mean I mean that. at the very least is very makes for very interesting YouTube clips. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Very entertaining yes. YouTube clips. But I mean, at the end of the day, Charlemagne is not afraid to ask anything. And you can see Yeah, that, I think we need know? that. Yeah, I mean definitely. That's what I that's what I've come to like recognize too is that whether it's a writer or whoever like everyone plays their part yeah you kind of need everybody yeah you know like we need young thug we need little b and exactly. we need nas and we need all those things it's a yin yang tab balance circle, you know what i mean <laughs> like, exactly you actually need that you yeah. know you need the nature needs Parasites and vultures, exactly. and whales, culture and, vultures. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that too. But like, everyone plays their yeah. part. You know, like even certain people do stuff for us to react to it and criticize right. them. Exactly. And that's and it's intentional. That's actually their role in yeah. a way. Like that's their lane, and that helps the ecosystem like continue to exactly thrive. You know what I mean? Like I know. I don't mean to, but it's it's happened this way. Like I play that role for certain yeah. people because I see certain people criticize me all the time, or that I'm like, oh okay, like this is how it's all supposed to it's work. All supposed it's like to shake the out, levels, yeah. you know what I mean? Like okay, it's easier to deal with people, yeah, talking shit or not even talking shit. Like at least sometimes I talk shit, sometimes they're insane, people, <laughs> but whatever. Like at least criticizing, like oh okay, like and I do it to someone else, and everyone's like a check and balance system, right? You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's actually good. Like we need those. We do. That's a good point. People, you know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, to like push against. You need the quote unquote bad music to yeah, find what's to find what's good, good. exactly. Yeah. 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 So like exactly. it doesn't excuse it necessarily, but it just helps me realize that everything kind of plays its Everything is perspective though. I mean, fifty cents said sunny days wouldn't be so bright if it wasn't for rain. It's that whole kind of The great philosopher. Yeah, the great <laughs> philosopher, Curtis yeah, Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it, I mean, it's like that. I mean, with all walks of life, for every up there is a down, for every right there is a left, right? Yeah, it's just some Zen type shit. I know, right? It got music, deep real quick. But like, 
Right at the 35 minute mark. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the the like big it, guns are coming out. It was like uh yeah, it was like a rev- yeah, now we're now we're opening up. We <laughs> talk about my mental health soon if you want. Uh but like yeah, I had that kind of like epiphany late recently cuz someone was getting at me on Twitter all the time. Oh, and I was trying to I try so hard to ignore it and it's just I'm just the per- like it's harder sometimes than I wish it was, you know. Yeah. It was like I find myself just randomly thinking about something someone wrote or whatever. Like, fuck, get out of my head. Like, fuck. And then, but then also at the same time, I'm like, oh, this person did this. I want, here's, I'm going to write this piece about how I didn't like this. And it just clicked for me. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm more at peace now. So I'm like, oh, it's all part of, it's all part of this thing. Yeah. I mean? It's all part of the ecosystem. Exactly. You know, like yeah. the fucking small fish is going to be eaten by the bigger fish it's going to be eaten by, by the, the whale bigger, the whale's yeah. going to die <laughs> it's fall to the bottom of the ocean get eaten by little tiny fish oh, you've really been thinking about so, this yeah fuck yeah man <laughs> i don't know it's 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 ridiculous i'm not quite sure how this ended up being my life but yeah. this is my life i sit and do dishes and think about like seriously kendrick's album or ludicrous side chick ludicrous. metaphors or <laughs> people who keep hitting me on twitter like i can't turn my brain off the know? best ideas always come to me when i cannot write them down yeah it's the worst thing it's the shower or it's the car for me and it's just the worst thing yeah no exactly exactly but i found like if, if an idea sticks with me long enough then that means it's it's a really good idea it's yeah it's a really yeah. good idea and relatively speaking yeah i try to like delude myself the other day i'm like man you know if i spend as much time thinking about hip-hop or thinking about you know whatever curing cancer because <laughs> i <laughs> As I do thinking about hip hop, like the world would be a better place. But yeah. it's like I can't cure cancer. Man. I know. Like, let's be real here. Let's be real here. Yeah. You know, like I barely graduated high school biology. <laughs> There's only one. This is the only option for me. I don't really know how that's happened in my life. But yeah. like, this is the only thing I'm good at. Yeah. Even how, remotely good at. How did you get involved in 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 this world? Um, in this ecosystem and this, yeah exactly because <laughs> it is an ecosystem and it's yeah. easy to be out of it too yeah um try to do like the short version the cliff notes yeah yeah i uh graduated from san francisco state shout out gators nice the degree in poetry because that's poetry and creative writing because that's like a very when you want to make some serious money that's where that's where you, you go that's where the that's where the money is um <laughs> Just because I just, again, like the only thing I've ever been interested in and good at is writing, honestly, in yeah. words and music. And yeah. I thought about that a lot. This is getting crazy sidetracked. But I think about that too in that I'm not trying to get too big on myself. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm the first non-rapper guest, which is absolutely true. For the record, I do not want to be a rapper <laughs> at all, nor have I ever tried. I've literally never written a song. I tried. Really? I tried. This is what everybody has. What's interesting to me is like I, I talked tried. to mad writers and bloggers and stuff just but all of them like had some shadow i did history yeah. i'm not proud of it what was your rapper name uh well so i used to dj okay what's your DJ my name? dj name was dj key like k-e-y I, okay not k-i yeah that's not my world that's pusha uh that's, that's that's a good name it came from okay well full disclosure here so one of my cousins is the guy who really kind of got me into everything and his dj name was dj essence and this was kind of a knockoff a of that. Too. That was a great name. Yeah. So this was a knockoff of that. I was trying to go for that capture that essential, the key element type yeah. thing. Um, did that for a few you can years. Do like the keys open doors. Exactly. Sample in the exactly. front of every set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, actually, one I used to DJ with a, with a friend of mine, and we jacked the the Maybach music drop. Nice. We used to put that on before we'd start. <laughs> and then uh, I started off with that, and then I figured my rap name would just be Key, just drop the DJ. And that's then, a good name too. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And then actually, I wanted to write under that name also, but Gotti squashed that real quick. Uh, and then uh, what else? And so I had. The story, the story goes like this. So I, it's gonna get a little deep. Let's do it. So I, uh, there's a little thing called interviewing. So I just flipped this right back at you. I know. Let's do this. It was. Uh, so I, I actually in high school I had cancer, and so it was one of those things where this is my senior year of high school, first semester I'm gone out of school. I'm what it, what form of cancer? I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. Leukemia's nice cousin. Mm-hmm. Thank God it wasn't leukemia, or I probably wouldn't be here right now. But uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, the difference between the two is that leukemia releases malignant cells into your blood, so your cancer is literally everywhere, versus in lymphoma, the malignancy impacts your blood counts but doesn't actually release malignant cells into your blood. Okay. So it was in my throat and my chest primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so like at your worst, how kind of sick were you? Uh, the worst memory I have is my, I had four rounds of chemo, my third round, I had some kind of a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember every time I would make a quarter turn on the bed, I would puke. Jesus. And I lost like f- 10 pounds in five days, something like that. Like I went in the hospital. I mean, I'm, I'm a fairly skinny guy still. I went in the hospital <coughs> but round one, 155 pounds. And by the end of it, I was 115. So it took a good chunk out of me. But uh, I mean... It was a lot easier than what it could have been. So basically coming back to this, it was one of those things where after I got out of the hospital, I got really involved in that whole world of, uh, I found out a couple of high school friends, one of my, one of my high school friends, her older sister had leukemia. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically she's a, she, was, she was an Asian, Asian girl and it's really hard that she needed a bone marrow transplant and it was really hard to find a match for... Asians, I think it's because their gene pool was so diluted. Like okay. the the odds of a match for an Asian is like one to sixteen thousand, versus for a Caucasian individual, it's one in four. Like it's just a staggering difference. Yeah. And so we were doing all these drives and to to get people to register and try to find a match for her. And I mean, long story short, we never did, and she passed away. Yeah, it, the whole thing kind of like I was like, All right, I want to talk about this. I want to. I want to need some kind of a creative outlet. Mm-hmm to do it and well long story short rap was not that <laughs> even though i but thought still it was the most noble i want to be a rapper story yeah of all time ever i mean actually. yeah and so i mean literally the furthest i got i mean i'm the kind of person who's really impulsive so i dropped like seven eight hundred dollars on equipment right off the bat and i maybe recorded like four songs and by recorded four songs i mean i found four beats and then rapped over them i had no concept of bar structure i was just just writing and rapping yeah and uh i mean i stopped sounded like mcconan basically pretty much minus the sing-songy voice but uh and i always wanted to have that more the raspy kind of like harder sound and my voice is really soft yeah. and higher pitched than i want it to be so i would listen to it and be like ah oh, fuck I don't sound like who I want to sound like. And uh, you sound like Jeezy and then it comes out and it's more It's more McConan. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. That's one of those before after memes. I can see it. And then, uh, I mean, it it all stopped. Actually, I started using that equipment for DJing, which worked out. But uh, so it wasn't a complete waste. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I had like that three week phase of when I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then I was like, no, this is not what I want to do. Yeah, that's dope that you went through it though. Like, yeah. I admire the courage to try it. I mean, like I do. that's just the kind of person I am. I'm the kind. Of, the way the way I keep myself busy is I look on Groupon and I find cool things to do and I do them. Yeah. Like I found a stand up. I found a stand up comedy class that I took for like six months. I performed crazy hard. It yes and no. I'm not a person who's really scared to talk in front of people as long as I know what I'm going to say. So it's all prep. I mean, stand-up comedy yeah. is, is like a freestyle. It's all rehearsed and written down beforehand. Yeah. Uh You're reading off your BlackBerry? <laughs> not quite. But uh I mean all the material, I mean, for a professional stand-up comedian, they have they say like 75 to 80% of the stuff is all written down. Yeah. And the rest is just feeding off the crowd. Yeah. And, I mean, we all know freestyles aren't actually freestyles, but... Yeah, but I'd say that stand-up, I can remember getting off the rails, it'll circle back, but, like, it's harder than rapping because you have what you're... You know what you're about to say, but at the same time, you can, you can hide behind raps more. You can. Because there's a song structure. Yeah. Like, the chorus is going to come in and save you at some point. Or exactly. You know, like, the beat will kind of save... You can kind of hide behind a lot of things. But in stand-up, it's you just you. It's you talking. Yeah. So if like you're you're having a conversation, you know. So if like you start to bomb, it just it's hurts more. I've had that happen. Harder. I've had that happen. Yeah, I've done a little, a little, little bit of stand-up comedy. I'm the same, similar. And that's what's hard for me. Like I'm completely comfortable like this talking. I yeah. have No hesitation talking in front of a crowd at all, especially if it's I'll do like panels and whatever. Right. It doesn't bother me at all. I was on stand-up where I've had to, I'm trying to like host events uh-huh. and it's a different thing. It is. When you have a microphone and people in an audience are looking at you like, entertain us now. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. like it, you know, as opposed to I can just like ramble and talk. Like I remember, yeah, I, I tried to host a South by event last year and I did it mostly just because like I was, I recognized I was a little scared of doing it. So uh-huh. I like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm scared. And in my head, I promised myself that I wasn't going to do all the cliche stuff. And yeah. and then like 10 seconds into it, you know, I'm like, who likes smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> because the, the pressure of having these people. All their attention on you. All their attention on you. And like, and they're not there. Matt Hart, yeah. you're trying to kill time because yeah. the DJ is trying He's to late. switch. Yeah. And the Serato doesn't plug in with oh, a geez. fucking rain mixer. And so now it's like, kill five more minutes. And you just, people are staring at you. And it's hard to like. All right, guys, we're killing five minutes. Who wants to play a game? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I can't do this. And you just go to like, who's from the who's, East yeah. Coast? Make some noise. Super, I was super corny host guy, like so <laughs> fucking fast. It was embarrassing. Like, I made it through. So yeah. I did okay. I have a funny Serato story. Actually, from, from A3C. It was when when Saigon was performing, and Static Selector was his DJ, and um, Serato or Rain had uh, provided some equipment, and they had provided some uh, some integrated Serato box or something that was not compatible with uh, Static's uh, Static's computer. Uh huh. Was this at our show? 
Was it? It was the outdoor one? Yeah. It might have been. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Actually, so so they could they had to put the music on my phone. And then I had a luckily I had an Android that time so you could put the files on my phone and have it read off of a different computer. Mm-hmm. You can't do it with the iPhone, so that wouldn't have worked now. But it was funny cuz they ran the show on my on my phone and I was like really proud of that. Yeah, that, yeah, I got a couple of stories. Yeah, that was in that's kind of insane. That's yeah. again times where you've been like thrust into stuff. Where you're yeah. like, what am I doing exactly. with my life right now? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been thrust into like putting on shows. You know right. what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll get back to my memoir at some point. It'll all come full circle. But like, I'm a writer, really. Like, right. I was never a promoter or exactly. whatever. Exactly. But then you start doing stuff with A3C or South by and and sites putting on shows becomes a thing. Right. So I was like on a show and I'm like I don't fucking know so the good thing is I know now because I had to do it a bunch of times yeah but like I still have no fucking <laughs> exactly. idea what yeah. I'm doing you know and like yeah the, the oh no the yeah the throttle mix I'm like oh, fuck, I don't know anything about like someone else please yeah. fix this and I'm just having like a heart attack for five hours and <laughs> yeah I think that was the same year yeah Big Crit was our headliner Yo, that was an and incredible. Yeah, that show was amazing. Incredible that show was amazing. I still have pictures from that. I remember. I remember exactly where I was when yeah. when that was going down. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't enjoy it that much though, because I was like, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you had a miserable time. Screaming at us about he's got to finish at this time. We're turning off. The I'm sure you lights. had a miserable time. I'm like, fuck you. Like, he's, <laughs> he's doing his full set. You became whatever, a promoter. Whatever. Look at you. Yeah, exactly. Because you just get thrust in these <laughs> weird, awkward positions. I remember I had to go get Big Crit and bring him to the stage, and it's A3C. So there's like a field. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I was in the trailer. Me and TC were oh, in the okay. trailer when he was he was recording a video for one of Static's yeah, songs. Yeah, exactly. It ended up yeah. being the same thing. Yeah, you can actually in that video you can actually see me. Me too. And I'm yes, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, Mama, we made it. Uh, but you can see me actually holding on my arms and looking around because we pretty quickly realized that A3C was kind of understaffed at that time. They didn't really have security. Uh-huh. And so you became a bodyguard kinda, too? Kind of, yeah. Like by default, because I realized pretty quickly, I had to go get him. I was just like a stage manager, basically. Yeah. And then Dutch, who's his his tour manager, who's not a big dude, who's like my size. Yeah. We're walking through the crowd, and I didn't, it didn't occur to me, but then I pretty quickly realized that mad people were rushing up to him, and they wanted to be like, yo, Crit, hey, da, da, da. And like I had to get him onto the stage yeah, yeah. in like one piece. 40 seconds, <laughs> and like in one piece. So now suddenly Dutch and I are like, I'm five nine, like 150. <laughs> We're like shoving guys off, trying to like do oh, like no, nah, no. So you can see me in that status selective video, that's, holding people back with so my funny. arms. So you can <laughs> I'm get gonna go back right and watch before that. he gets on stage, and I'm looking around like sweating, and yeah. like nog it off me, and like such a weird moment where I realized, again, it's the ecosystem, right? Exactly. That, and, and we can talk about more times. You got thrust into times where you're like, wow, how is this my life right now? <laughs> how did <laughs> I get here? But it made me realize, oh, this is how it works the bodyguard slash like dick tour manager yeah. exists so that the artist can be cool like crit so the artist doesn't have to worry about that yeah he can yeah. do the like oh i want to stop and talk with you but my this asshole bodyguard yeah, yeah. is pushing you away like i'm not he can go hey what's up man give you a quick dap yeah. but like oh i can't stop for photos right now so he still seems cool right he maintains and, his image his pristine image and you take the you take the fall for it yeah and i'm like i'm not even part of your camp <laughs> <laughs> I'm a blogger. Yeah. Like, you know, now I have to be like, he's like, oh, sorry, this guy doesn't want me to take a photo. Sorry. <laughs> and I, I turn to people like, no, he's got to get on stage. I'm like shoving people away. So funny. Like, it's like, who am Yo, I right that now? was an amazing show, though. That was a fucking great show, though. That was, 
and incredible. I've seen Crit perform probably 10, 15 times by now, and that was one of my favorite, favorite times. Like the energy. Yeah, when he jumped off stage at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was incredible. Another great example, though. If I was in the audience, I would have been like, fuck yeah. But from my perspective, he jumped in the audience. I was like, oh shit. Like, do I have to go get him right yeah. now? Like, please, <laughs> please get him back to the stage in one piece. Like, yeah. please, please, please. Because, like, now we're just, now it's story time. But the, uh, an inter- in, in very small internet circles, an infamous story of the time Schoolboy Q got arrested at our South by Southwest. Oh, that was at your show? That was at our show, too. That's, That's another funny. moment where I was right in the middle of this oh, TDE brawl. I'm like, like quasi protecting Kendrick a little bit, although he didn't really need it, you know. Kendrick, Kendrick can uh, can put his dukes up. It was a weird. It was, you know what? Like I don't want to make too much of the moment. Yeah. But he was actually didn't he he was so a very short version of the story is that security was given TD was supposed to at that time. This is two thousand twelve, so pre section eighty even. No, that would be. That would be post section eighty pre good kid. Yeah, yeah, section eighty had just come out. Yeah, having yeah. some contradictions, I think had. Yeah, yeah, that's around that time. Right around that, I don't even know if I had come out yet, but Kendrick was going to headline. Schoolboy was supposed to go on for him. So, Kendrick, Schoolboy, um, J Rock, and Dave Free, who's who's their manager, manager yep. were there, and they again, I'm putting on an event. I don't know what the you know. <laughs> and just a I blogger, man. I wasn't there for this point, but I walked him backstage. I got him all set up. Apparently, they were smoking. One of the security guys came back and was like, y'all can't smoke here. They're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. He walked out, and, of course, schoolboy pulled out a blunt again. Yeah, yeah. And the guy came back and smacked the blunt out of schoolboy's oh, hand, geez. which is, like, no, no, not a good idea. So I want to be like, man, like, come get me. I could have. Yeah, yeah, I could have. And so then they started, throw, you know, Jay, don't fucking do that. Yeah. You know? So J-Rock started throwing down, and his brawl breaks oh, out in geez. the back. I, like, run over, because I don't even know. I'm on the opposite end of the stage. I have to like run back. I don't even know what's happening at this point. There's just fists everywhere. <laughs> and like even at that time, he wasn't like super mega famous guy. Yeah. Getting like that crit thing where I was like, oh Jesus, like don't let someone in the audience like hit him with a bottle or just yeah, like, exactly. the worst case scenario starts rushing through your head. Like he's going to get killed at my show. He's going to get stabbed. <laughs> this is my legacy. At my show. It's going to be my fault. Like yeah. my thing was like, oh shit, Kendrick's going to get, you know, stabbed. It's going to be my God. So like it wasn't my, even his fight. Yeah. Q was mad. Yeah, How did my he get into it? was like it? rush over and protect yeah. him or whatever. I don't even know what I was gonna do. I'm not that again. <laughs> but still, that was like my instinct. And he was literally like arms folded against the wall, just like watching it go down. That's so Super funny. Super calm, cool, and Zen. calm. And I was like, "You good, man?" He's like, oh, "I'm good, man." And like just chilled and kind of just like followed the fight five uh-huh. feet behind as it like moved towards the door. Oh, jeez. And it's kind of like a. Uh, metaphor for him he's kind of un he's the good kid he's the good kid yeah he was the good kid in that city <laughs> he completely totally was you know like he was right there yeah he was right there it's five feet away but he wasn't throwing and there seemed to be this kind of consensus unspoken agreement that he wasn't going to get involved, yeah, yeah. That we protect him yeah, you know, yeah, that J Rock and Q were kind of like, we do the, we'll handle this, we'll handle this. Yeah, and so yeah, J Rock seems like that yeah, kind of person. Yeah, don't fuck with J Rock for real. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, yeah, Q got arrested, and uh, he just got it. He couldn't. Sorry, Canada. He couldn't uh, yeah, tour in Canada. It's all for, your fault, Nate. It is kind way of, well, to go again. It's totally not my fault. It's a security guard's fault. I had nothing, but still, so sorry, Canada. He got sorry, Canada. He just came off. I, was, I happened to 
speak briefly to Punch, who's in TD. We, we were at the same thing real quick. I had relayed that story. I'm like, sorry, man. I was, <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but also sorry. And he was like, oh, that just came off the books. But, like, yeah, we couldn't do all this international touring because he had an arrest. this arrest. That's that was, like, funny. his third, you know, however yeah, it yeah. out. So uh, that's another random moment in my life. That's funny. That I started out, yeah, started as a, just all I want to be was a writer. Yeah. And oh, that was the question. I had no, look at me. Like, you know, <laughs> I had zero intentions of being a rapper or a musician or, right. or anything. I just wanted to be a writer. I realized quickly that being a journalist was the move. Right. Because I could write and get paid for it. Yep. As opposed to like trying to write a novel or some shit where you work for like three years and then maybe. And then, yeah, maybe, exactly. And I was always, I, I had kind of ADD enough that I needed, I liked the idea that you wrote something, you put it out, that was it, on to the next thing. Right. You know? Um, so I did that for a long time. Like, quote unquote, like real actual reporting, you know? That's oh, awesome for Worked for uh, the Independent in LA and the LA Times for a while. Nice. And, uh, I was hoping you would say San Francisco Chronicle. That was a newspaper we used to get my whole I life. Been, at that time, I would have loved that. Life. I was living in L.A. at the time. But like, okay. that was, yeah, sure. I kind of had this image of me like working up to the New York Times. Doing, what like, were you writing? What kind of stuff were you writing? Early on, it was like cover City Hall okay. type, with, like boring shit. You got to read. Yeah, you yeah. got to work. You got to pay your dues. That's what the middle, the, the like, middle cover, aged people are reading. Cover this high school volleyball oh, game. Oh, jeez. You know? And so you do that. Like the best thing I ever did was this pretty good piece on veterans uh-huh. getting paid benefits. Oh wow. And how some of them are being denied. Yeah. Benefits maybe. It's a tricky subject because if if a veteran gets shot during a war, pretty clear, right? Yeah, yeah. Like go but it was a profile this guy who was a paratrooper for years. When he was discharged he was in pretty good health. But twenty, thirty years later he had like crippling back problems. Now, it seems pretty clear that he probably got it from jumping out of a fucking plane 400 <laughs> times. Potentially. But since that didn't happen on the on job, duty, yeah. the VA wasn't paying for a lot of that medical stuff. So I did this like whole report, interviewed the, yeah, yeah. You know, the VA and all these. Anyway, that was like a real actual, that was like the realest, yeah. most serious thing I ever did. Um, what was the outcome? I mean, I didn't change the world. Oh, I mean, I mean, did, did he did they start paying for his stuff? Or uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's it's funny. Like you talk about rappers getting mad at you. I had this congressman super <laughs> mad at me about it. Um, but and then I was, I was doing all this, like political stuff, and I just really honestly just for kicks to like write something different. Yeah. Connected with DJ Booth. Uh-huh. via like craigslist or some shit oh like, really way back in the day like 2008 how long has dj booth been around uh a little bit more than a decade in it's early early iterations though it's like it wasn't anything just a wordpress like, blog type yeah deal. Okay. not even that it, it was originally our founder dave mackley dj'd in college okay and he literally was just like here's the songs i'm playing right now if you're a dj like tell me what songs you're playing so people can share their sadness, huh. basically. Yeah. That was it. There wasn't any yeah. editorial, none of that. And then it kind of blew up and did well for him, and we kept building it and changing it and right. whatever. Um, and my partner, DJZ, came in, and he turned it into more of like a site. Right. And then I was right on the side, and it was just kind of like a passion thing. And I basically told him, like, if you can ever afford to pay me at least this livable wage, yeah, I'll quit my job and come work for you. Yeah. And like summer 2009, they're like, all right. We got it. We got it. And I had to be like, oh shit. 
Oh shit! Now I'm committed. To He's that. like, oh, okay. I guess I'm doing this. You know, so yeah. I do feel it's taking a while to like treat myself like this, but I do feel like I'm an artist on some. But level. I mean, you are a creative like, on, I, your own, on your own, yeah, individ- on your own, on your own level. It's a, it's it is a creative field. Exactly. Like I try to write creatively. Like I yeah. try to, you know, like I feel. I try to take artistic risks. I try to, right. you know, like some of them fucking fail. I've pursued a passion to the detriment of like exactly. my bank account. Like, hey, that's more than I can say for myself. You know, like I've put in, it's taken me a while to get there to feel comfortable with being like, no, fuck that. Like, you know, like, I don't mind being called a blogger. That's fine. It doesn't really, that level doesn't really bother me. But then yeah, level, yeah. like, kind of, you know, if you mean like demeaning, then I like, kind of fuck you. you yeah. Because I feel like I've put in years and years of work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it's all part of the same. I'm in that ecosystem, now, you know, like not just rappers, but stand-up comedians and writers, any kind of creative, like, any kind of creative. Really, yeah, hip hop gets looked down on all the time. Oh yeah, always. And especially hip hop writers is like taking the least. I have a kind of chip on my shoulder, you know. <laughs> Even like a rock writer at Rolling Stone or Pitchfork will be like, "You just write it," you know. Like, yeah. Fuck you, you know. Um, like I've been in that kind of serious world. This is it, too, right? But you know, like. I'm. I feel like I'm there. You know? Yeah, the challenge for me. So I don't have any any formal writing training or journalism or anything like that. The challenge for me has always been to to do that kind of reporting. You know, that's always like they generally generally anything that I write is just something that I feel based on that no actual too, based sure. on no actual fact or nothing like that. It's just oh yeah, this is what happened and this is how I feel about it. Like it, don't like it, whatever. Right. But one of the things I always want to do that I've thus far been able, been unable to do is like, like do like one of those like in-depth kind of profiles and actually get reporting from like people around the subject and get all those vantage points and kind of put it together into one piece. That's kind of one of the things that I want to do that I haven't got quite got there yet. Mm-hmm. Fucking do it. Let's do it. I know. Right. <laughs> you just got to do it. Yeah. You you just, yeah just, and, and like that opinion stuff has its place for sure. Yeah, you know, of you course, know? of course it does. I think the the hard thing about doing reporting is that it requires uh, a lot of human contact. Yeah. Which is why people just don't yeah. do it. And I, I get lazy sometimes too. And like we get lazy. I try to, lately we've especially been trying to push people like, no, like pick a phone and like call this person. Exactly. You know, like they might yeah. have an interesting, interesting story or something yeah. to tell or whatever. You got to do actual work. Yeah. It's work actually. It like, is, reporting yeah. is work. It is. Yeah. You know? Like it takes a long time to track down people and call them and you yeah know, like yeah i mean i had a, one of my friends uh he went he's always wanted to be a writer from from the beginning and he was he did it he we went to columbia school of journalism that's the hardcore and we'll, we'll get we'll get there hold okay. on so so he uh he uh he was doing a project over there and he interviewed he he was always a, a huge sean taylor fan okay and so when he passed away it really like shook him and so he did a whole piece on kind of Sean Taylor and what's happening to his family now. Like, are they getting money? Like, what's what's the case? What's going yeah. on? And, I mean, this guy talked to the police department. He talked to his relatives. He showed me a voicemail of him calling his dad and his dad ignoring his call and then calling him back later, telling him if he called him again, he'd call the cops on him. And uh, like, but really seriously, and this 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 was like a ten page piece. Like it was, yeah. like very intricate, very in depth, and it was one of the best things that I read. And uh, I mean, he went on. He my friend was doing doing pieces for Sports Illustrated for a while, and now actually, what's funny is his 
side passion was doing uh, counseling and mentoring. And so he decided that journalism wasn't for him. And so he was walked away from that. Now he's uh, in school to do psychology, Okay, which is wild. But, uh, I mean, he, he did one of those pieces. I was like, this is exactly the kind of stuff I want to do. I just, for whatever reason, haven't. Yeah. You know? It's all, it's all that stuff, though. Yeah. It's fucking... I mean, that's what I mean. You talk about yourself as like... Think about yourself like an artist. That's a real... Like, why haven't I done this? So many of those in life. Like, yeah. not just... You're talking about health, your fi- finances, art. Like, why can't I just do this thing? There's like this this switch you have to flip. You're yeah. Like, Fuck it, I'm just doing this. Like, we exactly. talked about before, like, you starting this podcast. At a certain point, which you're like... I just, gotta, I just have to do it. I just yeah. have to do it. I can't... I don't have the right equipment. How am I gonna? Yeah. I do that all the time. There's like, one of one. I don't know if you're if you're ever a fan of The Office, but yeah. there was one. I w- I'm actually I've been rewatching it recently, and there's one part at the early on where, uh, when Michael's girlfriend at the time Jan is talking to Pam, and she's asking her kind of what her goals are in the future, and Pam's like, you know, I really like graphic design, and. I kind of want to do something with that. And Jan goes, okay, well, the company can sponsor you to go to New York and learn graphic design on the weekends. And then she's like, oh, no, like, I'm planning my wedding. I can't do it right now. And, like, Roy wouldn't be happy. And I got a full-time commitment here. And then Jan goes, you can always find a thousand reasons not to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that really stuck. Yeah. Because you really can. Yeah. Anything, any decision, anything you want to do is—it's so much easier to say no than to do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just gotta suck it up and do it. But I, I fail at it all the time. That's exactly. A frustrating <laughs> thing. We're having this pep yeah. talk right now. I'm feeling super hype. <laughs> I'm gonna come out of here. Nah, I'm gonna. Come by tomorrow, out of here by tomorrow, it all settles down. Eat a pack of Pepperidge Farm cookies and go to bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I try to, yeah, I try to push myself, like host or promote it. You know, like yeah. do shows or try something new, but. It still takes so much longer than I fucking yeah. think. You'd, you'd think after the like four hundredth time, that's of like I want to do this. That's the no. It's like nine hundred. It yeah. takes like so much longer than you think it's gonna. But let's come out of this. Like, what what long form piece can you do? What are you really interested? I don't in? know. You gotta come up with it, man. I know. I get. I had some ideas early on. I forget what they were. This is like a couple of years ago. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be I love like I, I like I read I read uh, Rolling Stones article on Kendrick, mm-hmm. that was in their latest issue, and that was like a brilliant, brilliant piece that they did. And because I mean, because Kendrick's a guy who, I mean, if you really listen to Kendrick's interviews, he doesn't really say anything yeah. about his music. He doesn't really say anything. He's a really a person who kind of lets his music speak for him, and anything he wants to share is in his music. Anything he doesn't, he just doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, really, like like Good Kid, Mad City, he's never once talked about, oh, this was the story breakdown of uh, of Good Kid. And, I mean, you're supposed to just understand that mm-hmm. from listening. And it's like Rolling Stone in this article, they were able to really put context for To Pimp a Butterfly mm-hmm. and kind of talk about that South Africa trip that he went on that, that changed him, you know? And... Uh, <coughs> And it was just it was cool because he I mean, he's talking about how when he was there, his his friend in Compton was shot and how he couldn't be there and 
kind of how it translated to him into kind of social responsibility of his celebrity status. And I think he touched on that in the Hot 97 interview as well. But it was just a cool piece the way I think they did the interview in like three or four different sittings in different locations. And they kind of mm-hmm. talk about like they talk to the people around him. They talk about the locations where he's in. It's just a cool, cool kind of piece they did. And that, that's kind of the thing in my mind. That's like that is like a like not that what we do is not legitimate, but that's like, like a legitimate kind yeah. of profile. Yeah. No, you you know? know? Yeah. As a writer, you really like, fuck, I'm kind of bullshitting around. right? Yeah. Now. Here you yeah. go. Here's your piece. This is dope. This is like a smoking section DJ booth collaboration. Exactly. Whatever. I don't care. It's one good ideas. Yeah. The, the 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 headline is the miseducation of Kendrick Lamar. Has anyone ever talked to like his teachers, like his his high school English teacher, his middle school teacher? You know, in, in that Rolling teachers? Stone article, he talks about his writing teacher in high school, and they 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 name him. We could track him down. It's it's all public <laughs> it, record. You it's can there. call that school. You can be like, hey, I want to, like, you can do this. You can track down. Interesting. Call those schools. Figure out. It's not hard to figure out the years. He was yeah. in different schools. Call those schools. It's pretty easy to figure out who the teachers were and talk to them. Huh. The miseducation of Kendrick Lamar. That's your assignment. <laughs> Boom. 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 I fucking love it. Me too. Yeah, do it. I will. All right. I like it. I'm going to go home. You're and on public record now. I want I know. everyone listening. No, I can't not you, do it. To I hold you me accountable. accountable. That'd be a, I'd read that piece. That'd be a dope piece. Dude, I would love to write you that know? piece. I want to hear what like his English teacher in eighth grade. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, I saw some picture of him in high school as like, a freshman. I'm like, how crazy is it that for so many people, he was like that kid who was in their yeah. class. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now he like. I didn't, no one I grew up around, everyone I grew up with is just, uh, my best friends in the world, people, you know, yeah. I literally die for, but like my best friend growing up is an environmental lawyer, which right. is like, he's stopping global warming and whatever, whatever, good for him. Yeah. yeah. But like, in terms of celebrity status, awesome. yeah, yeah. nobody's doing anything like, but there are people who just, just grew, oh, I, I grew up with that. Super, yeah. Or he like, was a jackass. Whoever, you know, like, <laughs> uh, Quentin Q was writing for us uh, years ago. It's hard for me to keep track. I can't keep track of dates, but we'll say four years ago, whatever. It was like this young kid, you know, that classic, like just yeah. hitting me up all the time. Let me write, da da. And then one day he's like, oh, I, I can't write anymore because uh, like my best friend is this kid, Mac Miller, and I'm going to quit to like just manage him. Oh, wow. And now that's his manager, you know, wow. just because he grew up with. Mac Miller. So yeah. Mac started to like blow up, he, you know, turned to his best friend. He just happened to be around that. Yeah. Dude, you know, like I didn't, I'd totally be like somebody's weed guy right now. <laughs> like I want to be in somebody's entourage. Not, I know, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, uh, I mean, there, there's an artist that I work with uh, on on the side of all this. And I mean, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, really, really my, my core, my core interest is actually not writing. Kind of writing I've used to just to immerse myself in this world and I'm still trying to find what I really want to do to, that would stick kind of for the long run mm-hmm. and I mean I'm the kind of guy who I'm a very I'm a very data and strategy oriented person we were talking about this before we started I mean that's kind of been my day job and stuff is kind of working on partnerships and like strategic decisions and things like that and I could totally apply that to like a, in a management kind of role mm-hmm. And so, fingers crossed that that this this guy that I'm working with does something significant here. All right, there you go. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the role I would see myself in, kind of if I was to like t- 
take a job at a label or something like that, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, after you win a Pulitzer for the miseducation <laughs> after exactly. Kendrick Lamar, it's going to be gone, man. Boom. You're going to be writing and reporting. I know. Full time. Full know? time. Exactly. And yeah, I'm, I'm at a point, too, where I've dabbled and, like, I've tried, like, you know, I've placed songs on, on albums, which has been incredible, and I've put on uh, shows, so, and yeah. I've done certain, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's cool because I feel like I've gotten to see every, a lot of different sides of it. Yeah. You know? um, and some people are like, oh, you just, what the fuck do you know? You're just a blogger. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to flex, you know? I want to flex a little bit. Like, I'll, man, <laughs> I put, you know, songs on albums. Yeah. Um, but really... I just want to, like, writing still always coming forward, kind of, like. Yeah. That stuff's cool. It's just not, I'm glad I did it, but, like, it's not. Yeah. I just want to make ill shit. Exactly. I just want to make cool shit. And I can't make songs. I'm not a rapper. Exactly. Neither am I. I kind of want to make dope podcasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Videos and write cool shit, you know. Exactly. Just like every artist, you know, like. I have to pay bills and I think about page views and all that stuff. Yeah, right. it's like a certain base reality to it, but a motto definitely lately has been like just do ill yeah. shit. Like what do, do you really shit. care about? Like Exactly. I know I know we have to write something about Kendrick's album, but like let's do something ill. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like my man Lucas we worked on, this was like real reporting. I think you know, seventy three people. We did the, <laughs> the, the, the liner notes, the credits of Kendrick's album, and we listed all 73 people and tracked them down. That's funny. And like, here's what they did on the album. Yeah, I hit him up on Twitter. Are. You know, and like, we yeah. worked, that took like two days. I'm sure. Which in internet time, for the record, like, is, in real reporting time is like nothing. But in, in internet, internet time, time, it's a decade. Like yeah. Crazy time. Which is stupid to me. It's yeah, just completely exactly. stupid to me. And the whole time, we're like, this is ill. Like, no. Yeah. One. We were kind of like feeling ourselves, you know, like, and it was cool. Complex comes out with like, 10 people you should know from the album. Like, we got everybody. Shit, we got everybody. We got 73 people. What? Yeah. You know? And I mean, that was great because I mean. You know, like my Mac Dre dance. And exactly. Office, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm a person who, who really kind of cares about that stuff. So, I mean, yeah. I saw that floating around on Twitter and I hit that link. What was funny is uh, I hit up Lucas and I was like, hey, one of your guys, I know who he is. He's actually, it was Michael Brown. Okay. Who is, um, uh, who are I? Oh, okay. And uh, oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, Lucas is kind of updating. Is he like oh, yeah, yeah. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah? And so what was funny is so the day the album leaks, the what? Well, I, I thought well, we won't get into it. Just keep going. Okay, so so the day the album leaks, uh, like an hour after my 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 engineer who kind of works on this podcast for me, he hits me up. He's like, bro, did you see who produced uh, you? And I was like, nah, who is it? He goes, it's some cat named Who Are I? And I was like, oh, really? Who is he? He's like, yo, he's a friend of mine. I was like, what? I was like, are you serious? I was like, please tell me how you how you got to, to meet him. He's like, okay, so you know how I used to work at Bank of America? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, I worked in like client services, and one of my clients was this guy from Sacramento. And uh, he's like, bro, uh, I think it was Theophilus London that apparently kind of linked him to okay. Kendrick. And, I mean, this guy has, at the time of uh, the album drop, he had barely had 1,000 Twitter followers. Like, in the sphere of things, he's pretty much a nobody. But Kendrick kind of goes for talent over uh, over what's what's hot right now and it was just really cool because uh he's one of the guys who uh who has a sound oh has the instrumental on on you yeah and so it was cool it was just so so random yeah exactly. he's a kid and he's based in sacramento like it's so random yeah that's crazy dope and, like it just goes to show that 
it really happens. Yeah, it really people. does. Those are real, actual people on that. Yeah, on these albums and like it coming together. Yeah, yeah. Like I happen to know, like a few people worked on it a little bit. And again, like the couch test, yeah. you know, whatever. But uh, you know, like Ahmad, like back in the day, uh-huh. I don't happen to have got to know him pretty well. He's like a super interesting dude. He got a song ready credit on there, that's so I was awesome. hitting him up. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, like, that's crazy! Like, congrats, man!" And uh, you know, like when Rhapsody got put on, I've, I've known Rhapsody. You know, again, couch death. I think Rhapsody would help you move your couch. I think she would help me move your couch. <laughs> She's also just the most insanely nice person. You ever. know, it's funny at She's probably, even though she didn't like me that much. But I've known Rhapsody long enough. Yeah, that you know, again, there's like it's a weird. This is not a humble brag. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm just bragging. Brett's a Brett's a brag, bro. But I have I have enough that I texted her like as soon as the album dropped, I was like, "That's amazing! Yeah, like, awesome for you! Congrats!" You know, I was like texting her like it was like five in the morning. Her time, yeah, yeah. You know, we're texting back and forth, and like yeah, to kind of like know people involved in this thing it was an yeah. awesome feeling. Yeah, know? it was the same for me. Like I had we had just uh, put out our interview with Terrace Martin. I basically I basically uh, did to Bimp Butterfly is what I'm trying to say. Basically. I mean, basically the start me. of the show is you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just not, a, you should have been in the line or no, you should be one out of 75 people. Yeah, someday, <laughs> someday. No, I, actually, no, I don't really want it that much. I've always wanted some kind of a credit on an album though, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to have some kind of a role somewhere yeah. just to fit in, but I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, I've gotten... I want to get that invitation to the Grammys. You gotta have two placements to, to go to the Grammys. I've been through it enough to, to recognize how fucking crazy crazy it is yeah how that's crazy true. It is. you never like the, the who are things a good example you just sometimes stuff just works like and that the music yeah. and it sounds like a cliche I, I really at least i learned like it's fucking bananas yeah everything that should make sense does not make sense <laughs> stuff that you think is an 100 percent lock falls through yeah. stuff that seems like a one in a million shot happens it's the most unpredictable insane yeah like, but I that's what makes it so interesting, yeah, though. No, it's true. Like yeah. I naively thought before I started releasing what happened was that like albums got made because like producers would maybe like here's what I thought probably like, producers would submit a bunch of beats and like a rapper would go through them and then be like, Oh, I want these ones and then they'd work out the paperwork and that yeah. all get settled and then they'd write the songs and they that's like not how it yeah they just sometimes sometimes yeah. but much it's way more freestyle than that they'll like yeah, yeah. hear a song write to it commit to it on the album they haven't even reached out to the producer yet and they're like backtracking to try to like figure out all that <laughs> info like it's way more chaotic and yeah, yeah, yeah insane yeah. Than yeah i mean i always thought i mean my impression of a producer was oh yeah this is the guy that makes the beat yeah exactly and that's why i was like oh yeah dr dre he's not a producer anymore he doesn't do anything he doesn't even play instruments he just Tells people what to do. Yeah. And then after, actually, after talking to, to Terrace Martin and Rocky, I was like, holy shit, Dr. Dre is a genius. Yeah. Like, you just gotta, I mean, the producer is the guy who has that vision and kind of guides the song in that direction. And uh, I mean, that's why it's a producer, because he produces it, you know? And it's more than just so much, so much more than just making the beat and just kind of like light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as far as paperwork and all that, I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure it's very freestyle, like you said, but. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of insane to me, you know. Yeah, I'll just I'll just, uh, just the the one is a, a, a few. I kind of stopped, but um, I I, I uh, connected the beat for uh, Tech Nine's last album, so dope. Oh yeah, because my homie, my my 
couch move, homie, <laughs> Shaney and I. I was hanging out with him. And he was just playing beats. There's one that was like crazy. I was like, oh, that shit's the best beat I heard in a while. He was like, oh, that's, I did that for this other rapper's album, but they didn't want it. It turns yeah. out. I was like, that's fucking insane. Like, you know who's on dope over this is Tech Nine. I happen to know uh, Richie Abbott. Yeah, yeah. Who's been on my podcast who works with Strange. I just sent Richie the beat and I was like, this beat's crazy. I think Tech Nine would sound awesome over it. Like, and I knew enough at that point to not be like to not push, just be like, yeah, yeah. You just put it's like a lottery ticket. You just yeah. put it out in the world, and then like a month later, he called me. He's like, text recording to that that beat you played me right <laughs> now. It sounds crazy. They want to put on the album, and so you like you're backtracking and trying to work out all the all the paperwork, all the paperwork and all the legal stuff. But like, that's just it's wild. Really, the the, the insanity is A and R credit for you. You're trying to you're, you're trying to you're trying to place this business structure on a creative yeah thing and business and creative never like, mesh yeah, yeah exactly like someone's high in the studio and they happen to like it's, it's almost a cliche but when you catch a vibe or something hits yeah. you and you get an idea for it you're not gonna stop and be like wait let's let the let's lawyers get the sort this yeah, out exactly. and then i'll, I'll no, come like back you it. hit the moment and yeah, it just yeah. made me realize like oh that's why all this stuff about sample clearance problems and stuff leaking yeah. and how chaotic it is and beef between producers and artists and credits and da, da, da. it's because you've got this creative field that's essentially like creativity is essentially chaotic yep and you're trying to place this like structure structure like cram it it makes me think of like those play-doh spaghetti things where you cram the play-doh <laughs> in and push it and come out as like noodles yeah yeah like you're trying to like Ram this creative thing. This is how we know you have little kids. Into, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, and package it as, and that that, uh, that was my little epiphany too. I'm like, oh, this is controlled chaos. This is why yeah. all of this stuff around, you know, it's all about this this creative energy getting like yeah. bundled and legally worked out. And that's right. insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a different note, did you guys, well, what is your role in, in Audio Mac? Um, Audio Mac is the pure kind of like stream right. download. So um, they're overlapping companies, or like sister uh-huh. companies. So since I'm on the editorial side, I don't have as much direct involvement because that's like more pure tech. Right. But a lot of it's the same staff as DJ Booth. Oh, really? Yeah. So it came okay. from the same place. It's a lot of the same staff. It's gotcha. uh like two different arms of the same body. Gotcha. That gotcha, makes gotcha. Sense. gotcha. Although for legal reasons, they're separate. <laughs> I'm not trying to get sued. Always those fucking lawyers, man. Exactly. I'm not trying to get sued. Yeah. So now the reason I ask you, I mean, I was just curious as to as to what you thought. I mean, just the the way. So, so me being being a very data driven person. So when we started hosting this podcast, we started with a service called Podbean. Mm-hmm. And basically, I have a guy who handles the tech side for me, and he was like, I recommend this one. And I was like, all right, cool. And I start to use it. And I come from a world where I have data on basically every combination and permutation of anything that goes on with a website. That data is accessible to me, and I can make decisions based on that. And then when I got into this, I was like, yo, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like the 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 most detailed I got was, plays per day per episode 
and then plays per location. You couldn't separate that by episode. Yeah. Uh, like very basic. And I was like, dude, I have no idea what to do here. And I mean, that was one of the, the reasons that I had to turn into a rapper. Exactly. Right? Just trying to put stuff out. On exactly. Just being like, in, in, in space and trying to see what happens exactly. to it. But, uh, and then actually we switched to SoundCloud hosting now. And interestingly enough, SoundCloud's data they provide is even worse. Mm-hmm. It's a cleaner interface and it's more well known, but it's even worse, unfortunately. So I'm still taking shots in the dark. But I was going to say for Audio Mac, a real, I don't know what kind of data platform you guys provide, but that would be a real value add to the to the content creation yeah we try to do a lot more i I mean not spinning this into a bigger thing i guess title just came out right yeah title for all and what what have you like obviously we're in the age of streaming yep um we've done been in the age of streaming the music industry is just figuring out as soon as they figured out how to how to handle downloads people like i don't download anything that's too cumbersome man i don't i don't i don't want to file on my computer anymore an mp3 yeah um and so the big money is kind of creeping in. And uh, if, listen, if Google wants to buy Audio Mac for like $7 billion, yeah. I'll totally take that <laughs> money. But as of right now, um, Audio Mac is totally independent. And so it really is geared for artists. Right. Right. So like we really can give them kind of the data they want. We're kind of constantly expanding and, and changing for artists, whereas SoundCloud's like uh, VC funded at this point. Right. They're, that company's only going to grow. No, this is, I'm getting really internet rap nerdy now, but this is real. Yeah. Um, that company's really going to grow if the major labels are happy with it. Exactly. So that's why you've been seeing like DJs have been complaining it's so much harder to get stuff seen taken down a lot yep, more. Yep, yep, yep. Because SoundCloud isn't about trying to help artists at this yeah. anymore They're it's part of the machine make, it's part of the machine the larger now. machine yeah happy you right, know? right and something new is gonna come out but of course the, the plan is the labels are all trying to control all these streaming services and paywall everything so youtube's gonna be paywall pretty soon yep this beats things gonna be paywall pretty soon and uh that shit's gonna fail that's yeah. my that's my bold that's your bold, bold proclamation right yeah it's like someone's gonna figure out how to That'll be the next thing. It it just moves too fast. It moves way too fast. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how yet, but at every step, the industry's been behind because they've been purely reactionary. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, Napster came out, and they're like, shit, how do we stop this? And while they're busy stopping that... Kazaa comes out. And, like, while they're busy stopping that, iTunes comes out, and Apple just just fucks them so hard apple could, turned the whole world upside yeah, they down do man. anything about it because it's apple so busy. because it's yeah. apple yeah but they were building the new thing while the industry was out trying to stop the old thing right and then now they finally get a handle on itunes they say okay how do we control this and well they're doing that spotify and pandora and all these places are building Pop, popping up yeah now they're rushing to how do let's control spotify let's yeah. launch title which is fucking break right like that's the next thing and while they're busy titles to, to corner the streaming market is gonna be they never build anything exactly they never innovate exactly. it's all about it's all reactionary how do we oh shit this person's innovating how do we control it and grab it and yeah. use it for our purposes and that's never history says it's not gonna fucking work right so that's my i don't even know what the next thing is if i did i'd be building it and making and make millions yeah but uh it's not gonna work 
it's just not gonna work yeah i mean i'm with that 100 percent. i mean the reason this the reason i brought it up was just uh the frustrations that i have in kind of the, the lack of data that i that i'm provided yeah so i was saying if i don't know what what your resources or means are for that but that would be a real real value at things like like how how long were people listening to to a piece before they closed out of it mm-hmm. little things like that yeah like that could because no nobody else does that it would be interesting to be able to oh like they stopped listening at exactly two at minutes. the point when nathan started talking yeah exactly about exactly when he started trying to rap yeah at the exact moment everyone was yeah. like nope yeah click you know, because I mean, I mean, so the the world I come from is a very corporate kind of world, and it's like, like let's say if if the data shows that this for a two minute song or a three minute song, people are closing out after two minutes. At that point, I would turn around and as an artist and say, okay, well, I know this. I'm going to cram everything I can in those two minutes, mm-hmm. and that the the third minute is not as important. Yeah. You know, and things that would really shape kind of That's the way. Interesting. This is going to get super meta. But let me, how, how long are we running right now? An uh, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay. Well, let's, let's wrap it up right around yeah. now, right? And we'll do it like meta style because I've had this argument on my podcast too a little bit, which uh-huh. is people have short attention spans. Right? Sure. So you got you got to make it quick and snappy. Yep. And yes, that is that is true. But also the people who stick with you, like the people who are listening right now, yep. those are your fucking fans. Correct. Those are people who are going to ride with you. So what do you... Do do you build your song, your album, or your podcast chasing the people who clicked away after two minutes? True. Or the people who kind of stuck around, and that can be a hard balance. You just don't want to be like stubborn. True. You know, and just ignore all the data, and you know, like they don't get me, man. <laughs> you know, that feels kind of Lupe Fiasco, right? Like <laughs> they just don't get it. It's their yeah. fault. You know, like no, at some point people may have like valid. Right. You At know? some point, if everyone's saying the same exactly, thing, they may have exactly. a point. But yeah. like you build, I think podcasting is cool, and same with albums. And we're living. I said I was gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna start like ten more conversations. But really, we'll wrap it up. But we're living in the age of albums again. Right. Remember two years ago, people were like, "Albums are dead." Yep. Why even bother putting out albums anymore? Everything's just a collection of singles. All, all hail Kendrick Lamar. And then we're seeing albums now. Everything yeah. coming out is like they're cohesive. Like Wale's album. I'm not saying everything's you know this epic masterpiece, but Wally's album is like very much like every title mm-hmm. is exactly a line and it's got a theme and yep. right like Action Bronson's album, all the major releases like Earl Sweatshirt, uh, J Cole, like all the you know, even not even necessarily major but like notable albums that are coming out. Right, they're all like albums that are yeah. designed to be listened to in chunks because right now you know like you can capture. I'm thinking a lot about uh, what is it, a, a mile wide and an inch deep. Uh-huh. You know, like you can have a million people listening to you, but if they're only listening to the first 20 seconds of your shit, then what do you really have, right? right. So you want to create like longer, especially right. now when people's attentions are so divided. If you can capture someone's attention, yeah, exactly. For an hour, like that's when you fucking win. Yeah. So that's where everything's moving. That's why podcasts is explode. Podcasting exploding. People thought. No one's going to listen to some shit yeah. for an hour. Cereal, like 2 million people. I not know, that this right? is cereal, believe me. But like, Oh, we million? blow cereal out of the water. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, cereal. <laughs> uh, but like every big podcast is like an hour, an hour and a yeah, half, yeah, yeah. two hour, hours. 60 to 90 minutes is kind of the, the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like just, again, like you're back to like the theme. Like we're kind of artists right now, right? Like we're trying, I'm trying to build exactly. a relationship with people, yeah. you know? And so like. 
people listening now, like they they fucks with this. Exactly. You know? So like find the, so the data is who are those people? Right. How do you find them? How do you and connect with them? Exactly. You know, so if you're listening, you're an amazing human being. I know. If you're listening right now, I, thank you. Exactly. I fucks with you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, hit me and see me in real life. I'll buy you some waffles. <laughs> Let's go. I'm kind of serious. We're probably, we'd probably be friends if you're listening right now. If, yeah, if you listen to Steve, you'll move my couch. Exactly. Yeah. I will totally move your couch. <laughs> I seriously will. Like a four floor, three floor. Three floor. Maximum. Perfect. Maximum. You know, I'm not trying to. I love you, but if you're like a six floor high rise and. New York. You then know? you're on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This was this was dope. Yeah, man. this I is awesome. You. Likewise, thank you for for doing this. Yeah, and I'm sorry to ruin your uh, rapper streak. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. It was about time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where can the people find you? Uh, on the on the interwebs at this point, like uh, Google me, uh, Nathan. Uh, you really gotta know is Nathan S. See, I never came up with like a good rapper name, uh, but I'm at Refined Hype on Twitter. Instagram. I'm just trying on Instagram. Again, I'm super on like the music industry. I'm so <laughs> You're reactionary, thing. man. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. DJ Booth, um, Audio Mac, Nathan S. Uh, I do a podcast called This Weekend. You too. God damn it. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm on Revolt TV sometimes. I'm on YouTube talking sometimes. If you'll, if anyone will let me talk about hip hop, I'll talk about it. That's basically what it boils down to. You know? <laughs> but uh, smoking section, I've had Gotti on my podcast. I've had David D on my podcast. That's my favorite. David writers. D is probably like his title piece, man. idol that he wrote uh, today. That was my smoking section. It was for uh, Bossip, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucks that guy. Like that was it. The stuff he's been writing on Medium and by the Sun. Like so, smoking section is. We talk about like writing being competitive. Oh yeah, I check smoking section. I'm like, fuck. I should have thought of that. Should have thought of that. God yeah, yeah. Damn it though. So cause the one I always, the one I always bring up, I brought up the Gotti was like the naked pictures of Kim Kardashian leaked the first time when it was yeah, like, yeah. singer naked was a big deal. And your homepage picture, so I was like, how are we gonna treat this? They're gonna blur it out. Right. It was Tiger Woods doing the fist pump? <laughs> and I was like, all oh, those motherfuckers got it. Like that was the move. <laughs> Myself was so weak comparatively. So, uh, yeah, I fucked with smoking section. That's awesome. Sure. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, cool. You can find me at TSS underscore Raj on Twitter. And um, we have an official Twitter page that's not verified yet for the, the podcast. It is at Go Talking Points um, because some fuck took talking points and it's inactive. So that's annoying. Yeah. But, uh, okay. but yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, Nathan said, if you guys are still here, we fucks with you. The miseducation of Kendrick Lamar. Boom. Write it. You're going to hold me to that. Write it. That'd be a dope piece. That would be. All right.